0: Hello, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Frazzled with me, your host, Kelly Swingler. Today, I want to ask you a question. Today, I want to know who were you before you were told who you couldn't be? Who were you before you were told who you couldn't be? You'll know if you've been following me for a while. And if you're new here, welcome. If you are new here, this is the completely uncut and unedited podcast called Frazzled. Live episodes every single Tuesday at 7am. But yes, totally uncut, totally unedited. If you have been following me for a while, thank you very much again for coming back. I was still loving all of your feedback. Thank you very much for continuing to share it and for continuing to promote episodes on, on my behalf, on your behalf, on behalf of anybody who could help. I'm, I'm continuing to be extremely grateful. So thank you. For those of you that have been following me for a while, I know some of you have been listening have been probably following me now for almost a decade. Uh, very grateful for all of you. I'm very grateful for all of you anyway, whether you've been following me for a decade or a day. But one of the things that I talk about a lot is, is get understanding who you are who are you it's a question that i focus on a lot with my one to one clients i focus on it in my workshops and all of my work really this this start of who are you and a lot of the clients that i have been working with i, t- I don't know I, t- I don't know if it's i've gone through some of my recent kind of social media posts I'm like has there been a theme in what I've been talking about because there's there tends to be themes when when new one-to-one clients come forwards and a lot of the one-to-one clients at the moment are maybe it's just the time of year but are at a point where maybe kids are going off to university or college or are getting different you know different jobs they're moving out and for some, that's leaving this uh, kind of a bit of an empty nest syndrome, but questioning, like, who am I? Who am I without the kids being at home? Some are going into new jobs over the next few weeks. And like, like, I want to be more me when I go into this role. I want to be the me that I was at the interview. I don't want to fall into some of my old traps. I don't want to fall in to some of my old cycles. I genuinely want to stay true to myself in this role. So, this question of who am I is coming up for a lot of people. But I've also recognised, as I've kind of dug into a little bit more of the reasons behind that, it is this question that I've just asked you who were you before you were told who you couldn't be? And it's that that's coming up for a lot of us. It's that. You know, I, want, I don't know, I wanted to do this and I was told that it wasn't a proper job. I wanted to do this and I was told that it wasn't right. I wanted to lead in a particular way and I was told that's not really how leaders should behave. I wanted to dress a certain way, but I was told that wasn't really professional. I wanted my hair a certain way, but too many people were telling me that I should keep it to keep it like it is. And And some of these things that we've been kind of told seem quite small. But actually, they can form part of a bigger picture. How often have you thought, I want to do that thing? I want to dive off the top diving board. I want to get my tattoo. I want to tell the board exactly what I think of them. I want to make a change within my team. I want to sing that song at the top of my lungs. I want to eat that food. I want to... Go for that job I want to move house I want to sell a load of stuff And start again How many of you have that kind of like This is me This is the me that really wants to get out Right This is the powerful Knowing Level 10 me This is the part that I want the world to see And everybody's You know you, You can't be that loud Well no Like maybe you need to tone it down a little you can't be that confident. Think of, think of what other people might think if, if you were to wear that. Do you not think you're a little bit old for that? Do you not think you're a little bit young for that? Are you really sure you're ready for that? Do you really want to give it all up and start... Oh, think of all the work and effort... I'm walking upstairs because I think a delivery man is just about to arrive. The dog's going to start barking. So I'm going to run upstairs and shut myself away. (laughs) Uncut and unedited. This is what we get. How many of you wanted to pursue a different career? A different lifeline? How many of you have thought, oh my God, I just want to retrain. I want to be a florist. Or I want to be... Yoga teacher. I want to completely change the direction of my career. I want to retrain. I want to be a teacher. I want to be a doctor. I want to be a nurse. I want to be a lawyer. I want to start my own business. I want to run a B and I want to open my own pub. I want my own cafe. Well, how many of you have thought, I want the top job? I want that seat at the table. Well, you know, it's a lot of hard work. You you sure you really want that at your time of life? Whatever your time of life may be, right? Too young, too old. Who were you before you were told who you couldn't be? Again, if you've been following me for a while, you know that I talk about this, this who are you. And I, and I mean this with so much passion and enthusiasm. I know at the point that I reached my first burnout that I had become like the shadow of the person that I was when I first started my career. And not just because of the burnout, but because of the way in which other people had continuously said to me, just be less. I had started a management training, so initially I had wanted to be a solicitor. And whilst I was at school, I did two lots of different work experience at two different legal firms. One whilst I was doing my GCSEs, one whilst I was doing my A-levels, and then decided that law probably was not for me. hadn't thought about all of the other law, but it would have been criminal law that I'd been fascinated in realized that when I went to court on the occasions that I went to court to go and watch people that I knew to be guilty because I've been at school with them and they lived in my area people that I knew to be guilty were getting not guilty at court and I'm like what and with a different guy I could have thought god they've got a really good solicitor aren't they but I just thought you know fairness and justice for me are, are really really important I just thought like this is broken this is a broken system And then, as I was looking around the offices of all of these solicitors, there was just piles of paper all around the floor. There were overflowing ashtrays. You know, people could still smoke in their offices. There were empty, almost empty, alcohol bottles full of many different spirits, cluttering up the top of filing cabinets. uh, This, like, this doesn't look like a great environment to be working in. And then you got to go to, and then you know, people that you know to be guilty are getting away with it anyway. Not for me. I wonder if my teacher point, you, to to, you still need to go to university, Kelly. You know, A-star shooting you still need to get to uni. But I didn't really see the point of university if I didn't know what I wanted to do at the end of it. And I've always loved expensive handbags and expensive shoes. So going to university and not knowing the job that I wanted when I came out of it, I didn't really want to live on baked beans and sacrifice my expensive clothes, handbags and shoes to not know what I wanted to do at the end of it. So I thought, what else else do I really love? And I loved things like customer service. I loved making a difference. I'd worked part-time in shops since I was 12. I loved the customer service element. I loved the seasonal element. I loved all of those things. So I went into a management training scheme and I applied for three. I got offered three. started working at Waitrose as a management trainee. I was 18. I was earning a lot of money. They were paying for... Or a lot of money for an 18-year-old. They were paying for my rent for my first two years because we had to move branches every six months. Had it all set. Had my nice car, had everything that I'd ever wanted. What I was told success looked like. And then the different stores that I was going to every six months, I'd keep it oh, like, you just, you're just making the rest of us look bad. Like You just need to like do less. Could you just slow down a little bit? Could you stop working at that pace? You're making the rest of us look bad. I didn't want to make anybody look bad. I didn't really know how to slow down. But I found a way because I didn't want to be making other people feel bad. Now I realise that wasn't my issue. Like if they were worried about me making them look bad, they should have bucked their own ideas up, pulled their own fingers out of their asses, and improved their own work. But the more people that kept saying it to me, the more I was like, oh, okay, fine. Yeah, I'll I'll do less. Then I started to specialise in the HR space, and I was in the HR and training space. So it was staff and training at Waitrose at the time. So I'm in the staff and training space, and being t- just to tone it down a little bit, a little bit less enthusiasm, a little bit less passion, a little bit could you be just a, you know a little bit less motivated, not quite as driven, not quite as enthusiastic. Not quite as chatty, not quite as emotional, just less. Then when I got into the world of HR, it was you needed to be even more less. We want less colour. You know, HR professionals, we should all be kind of dressed in grey, black, and navy. You know, could you tone down the greens and the yellows and the oranges? We want a little bit less colour, a little bit less personality. Don't show any emotion. Just be less. But when I was more me, I was a better leader. My teams were incredible. My teams were doing incredible, incredible stuff. and We were winning awards, not just at a team level, but at an organisation level. Engagement was changing. All of the stats when it comes to things like sickness absence and retention and turnover and ER issues... Disciplinaries, grievances, engagement, every metric was improving for the better. It was changing for the better. Because actually, in my team, in our office, in one to one conversations with managers, nobody was telling me to be less than. They appreciated the me, they appreciated me for who I was. And yet, over the years, less and less of me was the one sat in that room. Because when you're told for long enough to be less than you are, to not bring your whole self, to not bring your whole personality, to not bring all of your colour, the energy it was taking me to be... I'm not supposed to... Okay, right, quiet and down. Don't ask questions in this meeting. Like, shush, keep quiet. The energy that takes... Can be so bloody draining and exhausting. Okay, yeah, mental note, be less me. Be less passionate, like how, do you, like, be less passionate, like, okay, sit on my hands. Okay, like, if you've ever, t- I'm, I'm a, I am a very vocal person, but I tend to talk with my whole body. You know, my facial expressions, my eyes widen, my arms are flailing and moving all over the place. I am a big personality. I am a big energy. And now I see myself, I'm like, that's who I am. This is me. But for so many years, I was, like, we don't, we don't want that part of you. Like, we love, and, the, and this is the hardest thing, right? We love who you are. So we love you so much at interview, we're going to give you the job. But actually, could you just be a little bit less than you are, please? And I wonder how many of you are wasting similar energy thinking, how can I be less today? Because I think there then comes a point where we do wake up one morning when we don't recognise who we are in the mirror anymore. I look back at definitely that, you know, the kind of whole of 2013, really, for me, I look back at 2013, I do not recognise who that, who I was in 2013. I think, and I'm going to say the stupidity of the way in which I kept pushing, not because, and and stupidity is is being very critical and very harsh on myself, and and I appreciate that, but I cannot believe that I allowed myself to get to that point of burnout, because again as I talk about frequently when we cross that point and we're nearing our way to we don't think about because we don't know our brain isn't thinking you need to take a break now but i think of all of the times that i allowed myself to be squashed i think of all of the times that i allowed myself to dull to fit in all of the times that other people's you know told me to be less colorful And I gave up my colour. All of the times that people told me to be less enthusiastic and I dulled my enthusiasm. Who are you? Who are you? Who were you before you were told to not talk in meetings? I remember one meeting... Maybe two, I don't know, 2008, 2009, probably, as I kind of think back now. In the board meeting, sat with the chief exec. And I questioned him on something that he had said. Which, again, as the head of HR, you'd kind of think would be a normal thing, right? Just questioned. I wanted some clarity, So I asked a question and my question was answered. But immediately after that meeting, the operations director came into my office. He said, can I have a word, please? So I walked down the corridor into his office, sat down. He said, never, ever question this chief exec like that again in public. "Pardon?" He said, never question the chief exec like that again in a public forum you have a question like that that you need to ask you ask to see him in private after the meeting now for me that completely we've all been there right when when there are meetings after meetings and then we wonder why the things that were agreed at the meeting are not the things that are agreed next time we go into the meeting and a lot of it at the time it is because there are kind of after meetings that take place. Then you think, well, what was the point of the bloody initial meeting in the first place? Then clearly it was bloody pointless. By sat, I was like, are "You like, are you serious? Don't question the chief exec. No, no, that's not that's not how that's not how you do things. Like, come on. So, what what is my job? What is my role? Oh no, well, we we'll st- you know we we'll still everything you're doing is brilliant, but just don't ask a question of the chief exec again. So exactly what is my role? What is the purpose of my function? Well, no, it's just like, just stay quiet in meetings. I didn't stay quiet in meetings. And ultimately the chief exec and I had, because I was like, I I can't be effective if you just want me to sit. And there's no point in being in a meeting if I'm just going to sit quietly and, you know, kind of be the nodding dog in the corner just to make everybody else feel better. So the chief exec and I came up with the way in which we would work together In a way that allowed me to be me. But the ops director... ...wasn't appreciative of that. But so many times... ...literally from, like, my first couple of months... ...into my management career as an 18-year-old... ...I mean, I'd started a week before my 18th birthday... was I told, be less. And so the flamboyance and the colour and the personality and the boldness and the loudness and everything that makes up me had started to fade. And I genuinely believe that as a result of that, that's what contributed to that very first burnout that made me seriously ill. That got me to the point of living with the health conditions that I live at now. And if you are in an environment or a role or an organisation or a relationship or a friendship or anything in your life where, you know, if they, you people say they love you unconditionally or they say they respect you unconditionally or they say they support you unconditionally, but then expect you to be less than you are. That's not the environment for you. The right environments, the right relationships, the part where you're like, like, this is me. This is what I'm here for. This is what I'm here to create. The people that I now surround myself with do not want me too dull. That doesn't mean they love every single part of me. But they love and accept me for who I am. The clients that I work with love and accept me for who I am. Love may be too strong a word for some of my clients, but I'll stick with it anyway. I don't want to be dulled anymore. I was oh, was it this year? It must have been earlier this year. I had a speaking request come through, and it was like we like we really love you to do this talk. But if you could tone down your outfits and your language a little bit, that would be great. It's like, uh, so what, what? And basically, I mean, even like this was in the speaking request, (laughs) we'd love you to come and talk to our people. But if you could just be a little bit less enthusiastic and a bit more, a bit less colorful so that, you know, you kind of blend in that. I am not the speaker for you. I'm really not the speaker for you. And I won't do that anymore. Now, maybe again, when I first started my business kind of nine years ago, nearly 10 years ago, I'd be like, oh, shit, yeah, I could really do me the money. OK, yeah. What do you want me to wear? I'd have probably been there. Because as a new business owner, having just left corporate, having walked away from the security and the salary and everything. A part of me would have been like, yeah, OK, yeah. And I'd have been really grateful for any speaking opportunity. OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not anymore. I get asked to speak on the stages that I ask to speak at because I'm me. Not because I show up as anything that isn't me. And some days you might get really sweary me and some days you might not. And some days you might get a little bit less energetic me and some days you might not. But whatever you get is me. Not a dulled down version or a toned down version not having anybody tell me anymore who I can and can't be, because all I want to be is me. And my favourite Dr Seuss quote is, you know, there is no one alive that is you within you. And like, how true is that? But maybe, you know, maybe when you were younger, maybe you wanted to be a, a writer or a singer or an artist or a farmer or a an astronaut or a scientist or a doctor or whatever, and so oh, you know, I don't know. You can't, you know, you either can't make money for that, or you're not clever enough for that, or you're not brainy enough for that, or you won't be happy doing that. Maybe you thought, well, yeah, okay, they've probably got a point. They love me, they care for me, so maybe they've got a point. And now, maybe that niggle has been there for all your years, like all your life since then. Like, but I really, like, I really want to do that thing. Go do that thing. Be the person that you are here to be and you will know if you are dulling yourself down because there will be constantly that niggle inside of you that's like, oh, go and do the thing. The part of you that's like, why didn't you speak up in that meeting? The part of you that says, why have you just put up with that from your other half? The part of you that says, I cannot believe you just let your kid speak to you like that. The part of you that says... The bloody hell have you, you know, spent all day without a friend again? For she doesn't ever give you anything back. The people pleasing part of you that you have let flourish because everybody else has always told you that you have to be less than you are. Let that bit go. Go grab yourself a piece of paper and a pen, and just start writing. Like, who am I? Who am I? And who was I? Before the world told me who I couldn't be, how can you get more of that person back? How can you be more you? And that doesn't mean that you are the same person, or you have the same dreams, or you have the same ambitions as you did when you were seven, or seventeen, or twenty-seven, or thirty-seven, regardless of how old you are now. But if you were to like right here, right now, as you are today, who are you? Who do you want to be? Who? Would you be, could you be, should you be, without other people telling you that you need to be somebody else? Every day now, I'm like, right, like, how do I dial it up even more? How can I be even more Kelly today? That's how I start most of my days now. How can I be even more Kelly? And some days that is, you know what, today we're just going to rest. Because that's a part of me, that's part of what I need That's part of what we all need So it doesn't always mean like you've got to be turned on to a level 10 volume Every single minute of every single day Sometimes a level 10 is sitting on your ass under a blanket Watching Netflix and eating popcorn Sometimes a level 10 is, I don't know, a hot yoga session Sometimes a level 10 is standing up for yourself Sometimes a level 10 is saying I'm not putting up with this shit anymore Sometimes a level 10 is putting on your favourite outfit and not caring if anybody says that you're underdressed or overdressed or you shouldn't be wearing that to that thing here. It's just like, this is who I am today. Embrace your inner Carrie Bradshaw or your inner Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen, whatever it may be, right? Stop caring. Wear the thing. Be the thing. Say the thing. Rest. It takes so much energy to be... Anything less or different than who you are and all of that energy that you are wasting trying to fit into moulds of other people is taking you currently one step closer to burnout. But if you put that energy into being more you, the energy, the drive, the enthusiasm, the passion, the change that you could make for yourself could be like 10 times where you are today, 100 times where you are today. Don't let anybody quash you. Don't let anybody tell you that you are less than you. Don't let anybody tell you that you deserve less than you. Because those people want to keep you small. Those people want to keep you frazzled. And it's time for you to be doing something new. I'm going to leave you there for today. Have an incredible rest of the day. Thank you very much for listening. If anybody you know could benefit from this episode, please do point them in this direction. I will be back with you again 7am next Tuesday for another episode of Frazzled. If you have got any particular topics that you would like me to cover in any of the upcoming episodes, let me know. If you want it dedicating to you, I'll dedicate you an episode. But let me know if you have got a particular question or point topic that you would like me to cover uh, and your very topic could be covered in an upcoming episode. Again, you'll find resources, all of the episodes are frazzled, and any information on how you can work with me, including all of the freebies, the blogs, everything else that you may need, over at kellyswingler.com, uh, where I am absolutely doing what I can to banish burnout one conversation at a time. I want to be ensuring that all of you go from frazzled to fabulous as quickly as possible by channeling more of your inner you. Have an incredible day. I'll be back with you for another episode next Tuesday, 7am. For now, take care. Have an amazing day and amazing rest of the week.